Hi, everybody. It's good old J.R. Jim Ross, a member of multiple halls of fame and the voice of AEW Wrestling. And you're listening to Bad Medicine Podcast, and you're going to like it. Gentlemen, we are coming to you live today from the Ford F-150 Raptor, BF Goodwrench, Jim Beam Kentucky Bourbon Studios, and this is the Bad Medicine Podcast. We have a very special guest today. You may know him as the Helsinki Hellraiser. You may know him as... Ah, fuck, what did I have all written down? Dave, you'll have to edit that out. Anyways, we, we have coming to you Rowan... From the WWE, he is your tag team champion. A little bit of a tongue twister for you, huh, Quinn? That is. I <laughs> fucked that up so bad. <laughs> We're keeping that whole thing. Yep. Son of a bitch. I think a Norwegian nightmare was in there. Yeah, I had them all figured out today. I had a whole list I was going to use. How did you miss How did you miss Scandinavian Powerhouse? I know I missed, the, well, I had the Scourge of Stockholm, the Crusher from Copenhagen, the Helsinki Hellraiser, the Nightmare from Norway. I had all this great shit and blew it. <laughs> and usually I'm the one that does that. Uh, par for the course for me. No, you usually do blow it. Uh, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, this guy knows a, me too well. This is going to be a fun podcast. This is going to be great. Ah. Uh, so we'll start out uh, for our guests and uh, for our listeners here. Uh, Rowan, if you don't mind, uh, maybe want to give a brief introduction on kind of how you got into the wrestling business. And uh, I know you and I have talked about it a little bit. I always have a few good laughs. But uh, just kind of how things got started for you and uh, how you found your way into the WWE. Uh, well, uh, I was in uh, college playing some college football at the U of M Morris uh, a D2 school uh, known for being the loosening school in NCAA history. <laughs> I think they were 0-77 before they finally decided to leave Division Two. Beautiful. <laughs> I was a proud part of that class. Do you hold any records there? Uh, I mean, part of the part of the record for the loosening team in NCAA two history. Oh, well, what position did you play? Uh, defensive tackle. Ah, seems fitting. I used to be a lot faster. <laughs> hey, we saw you chasing around Muhammad Ali all throughout the ring. You kept up pace with him all right. Um, no, but uh, I was in college, and I got a respiratory virus, and I was watching, you know, pay-per-views, and uh, ended up going to a couple of wrestling shows, uh, one of which was uh, – Rock and roll Buck Zumoff show. <laughs> Buck Zumoff. Yes. And uh, during the show, it was at a bar, and they let people get into the ring. Oh, imagine <laughs> that nowadays. <laughs> and not so even me, kids. me and my two buddies who were a little inebriated and drinking. <laughs> was one of them Mason to, Quinn? Uh, oh, no. We, 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 got, we, we got to sign uh, a waiver. Not even a waiver. It was basically just pay, pay, pay us twenty five bucks and we'll do commentary and you can wrestle in front of the fans. It was a steel cage match and you cut a promo. <laughs> can you tell us about the promo? 
Oh, the promo was great. It's like, you never been in a wrestling ring before? I was like, this would be the first many times. And that was it. And that was right. Five stars from Dave Meltzer, I hear. Oh, well, I'm just glad that uh, Buck Zumaf, Zumoff had his lawyer there to, to draw up the paperwork for you for the, uh, for the waiver. Yeah, it was, uh, it was some loose leaf paper. I, I, think, I think I landed on my head once during the match. <laughs> I wouldn't even call it a match. I would, uh, I, would, I would just call it, what was those nicknames? A nightmare? Yeah, yeah the, the, night, the Norwegian The Norwegian nightmare. nightmare. But, you know, I don't think the people in the, the audience could tell the difference. <laughs> So you, so what you're saying is that the, the that wrestling show that you had your first break on may have left a bit to be desired. Uh, well, we were the main event. <laughs> we went on say. after the main event. So you but were I'm so sure so good, you didn't even no need idea. training. That's amazing. Top star from day one. No, but then I I went to another show and uh, there was a bunch of guys working on it uh, and uh, I. It was Eddie Sharkey and Terry Fox for putting it on in St. Cloud. Nice. And that's when I talked to him about possibly trying to get into training. And then I went in Minnesota. There was a place called MPW, uh, the Sheriff and the Shifty. <laughs> I was I was I was there for a little bit, and then uh, did a little bit more stuff with uh, Terry and Eddie in the garage. <laughs> yep. And then uh, that was kind of my introduction into wrestling the first couple of years, 2002 to 2004. You know, the funny thing with the garage is that, uh, you know, you weren't really able to work on, well, suplexes and body slams really that much due to the low ceiling. And being like 6'10", I imagine that uh, gave some difficulty for you as well. It was was hard just running the ropes and having somebody do a drop down. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so you were doing the Minnesota Indie thing for a while and, uh, you know, uh, doing pretty well with that, I assume, um, staying busy. Uh, where did you go from there? Uh, then uh, in 2000, I think it was 2006, I did a, a camp with Harley Race. And then uh, in 2007, from that camp, I was selected to go to Pro Wrestling NOAA in Japan, uh, Masawa's promotion. And uh, I basically lived there as a young boy in the dojo and lived in Tokyo for three three months doing a couple different tours. And what was the culture shock like for there? I mean, obviously, you're a big guy, got to eat a lot of food. I mean, how did all People that work out for you? People to your waist. <laughs> it, it, it was a it was it was a complete shock, and no one really put on that they knew how to speak English, even though they did. So, <laughs> just made, made my life a little bit harder. <laughs> but it was definitely an experience that uh, I think shapes me as who I am today. So no, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of guys who would be afraid to take that risk and, and you know and to take that jump and. And to you know, it's like going to another planet because we've we've talked to a couple of guys who have you know spent some time in Japan, and they all say the exact same thing you're saying. It's just like another world, you know. It's totally culture shock. I just can't believe they think a white redhead isn't Japanese in any shape or form. That didn't have the language down. I don't know. Surprising. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think the the toughest thing uh, out of uh, 
doing the the dojo there uh, was being away from my son. I had a a newborn that I basically had, you know, raised on my own since he was two months old. Yep. And uh, so I left him when he wasn't even a year old. So it was it was really hard to like leave and then come back so like he couldn't walk uh when i left when i come back and saw this little guy just walking towards me so <laughs> it, was, it was it was tough but then it was right there i kind of knew that i kind of have what it takes if i can be away from him that long you know yeah if you can do three months you know it's, all it's in tough. one yeah i i would have to think that's probably the hardest part of any pro wrestler is being away for any great amount of time such as yourself Especially with being now on WWE. Yeah, but uh, at least I, I I get to be home. Yeah, as opposed no, to being for gone. Sure. I mean, I'm mad respect for all U.S. military, and they have to be gone for, you know, long stretches at a time away from their families to protect us. So uh, that was just a little taste, and it was tough. Yeah. I couldn't imagine putting <laughs> no. your life on the line and, you know, yeah, and being away, absolutely. Yeah, so mad respect to them. Yeah, so you you wrapped up things in Japan. Uh, well, I guess let's talk about Japan a little bit. Maybe talk about some of your matches you had there. Um, you yeah, know. Uh, so I was there for three months during summertime. So it was from like uh, June to September. Tra- training almost every day. I think we had Sundays off. And then uh, when we were on tour, obviously, we would wrestle, you know, most days. And you guys would just like, because uh, like I heard stories, you know, about the the buses or whatever. You guys would just load up and go from town to town in the buses. Is that still how you guys were doing it? Yep. And uh, since I was a young boy, Noah, I wasn't allowed when we would go on tours to have a lot of Americans over, and I wasn't allowed on the American bus. I had to be on the Japanese bus. <laughs> <laughs> you even fit on that bus? Oh, I mean. It's like a plane. <laughs> so 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 comfortable for a man my size. <laughs> no, like it, it's uncomfortable for me, and I'm only six feet tall, so I couldn't even imagine, like for you, how how uncomfortable that's got to be from time to time. You you get used to it. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you kind of figured. <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna say, oh, you figured some stuff out, but I guess not. <laughs> Well, we'll kind of cover, uh, I wanted to talk about, you know, the road schedule and all that stuff a little bit later here, but, um, so you wrapped up in Japan and then you came, uh, came back to the States and how did things kind of progress from there? Did you stay busy in the, in the Indies or were you already kind of looking at, at bigger things? Uh, just, uh, more of the Indies. I, like I said, I was still a single dad when I came back. Harley wanted me to go live in Missouri, and I, I couldn't do that. So I kind of lost my contacts out, out in Japan because I wasn't keeping in touch with Harley. Okay. Who, who was my who was my contact out there? So just kind of Minnesota Indies and some Wisconsin Indies with with you. <laughs> I was just gonna say, is that when you started beating Mason Quinn's ass or what? Uh, he never beat me. I tell you about the time <laughs> was, I powerbombed this guy. I, he, he was he was always the champion. I was just always the guy to come over and put him over. Really <laughs> <hard to do. laughs> oh, we drew money, baby. Did we drew money? <laughs> I don't know. I think you blew it. <laughs> 
Ah, you're probably right. <laughs> so then, uh, talk to us a little bit then on how you then ventured into NXT. Uh, so uh, I got a regular job. I worked at a um, before I, um, when I got back, I was working at a government center, just uh, doing uh, like the courthouse in Minneapolis, working there as security. Uh, you know, job was good benefits, but I was still wrestling the weekends. I had a bug for it, and uh, I ended up doing a Norwegian reality show uh, in like 2010. Oh. I'm called Old for Norga. It's kind of like the Amazing Race, um, but it's all in Norway. The goal is to win a bunch of cash and meet your Norwegian family, and uh, that was on network TV over there. Um, so it was my first like kind of like cool thing I got to do outside of wrestling. How'd you place on that show? Uh, I placed, I think, I'm trying to think how many guys were left. He won, I made ladies it, and gentlemen. I, he I, won. I, I made it to uh, the seventh of eight episodes. So I got kicked off right before the finale. Okay. Where they got rid of like three or four guys. So I think I, I just like to say I made it far. And, uh, but not far enough. <laughs> but uh, I was just gonna say. So I I did that that show, and um, when I got back, um, I was just wrestling. We can still having fun, but obviously still had the the bug to do something, but didn't really know how to get into it. And then um, I found this thing on FCW Florida Championship Wrestling had a website. And it said fcwrecruit.com. And basically, it was like a you can fill out your own bio. Instead of sending a tape in, you send like an electronic video of a match and kind of like a bio. So, you know, um, I, taped, I taped a match and uh, sent it in. And uh, maybe like a week later, I got a call back and they wanted to fly me out to Florida for a week long tryout. Nice. Boy, the, the days of uh, sending in tapes to get noticed. That's right about when it yeah. probably came to an end. So they flew me out. I did the week tryout with, uh, you know, Steve Kern and Dr. Tom. And uh, I felt good about it and went back home and, you know, didn't really know exactly what to expect. But another week later, I got a call and got offered a contract to move out to florida is that when you started growing out the beard uh <laughs> how long did it take you to grow it that long no i i worked i worked uh corrections and uh i worked at the security for you know minneapolis government center and didn't really have a long beard so uh I think once I once I once I got signed, I just started growing it. <laughs> That's awesome. Just stop trimming it, you know. So uh, we're looking at a time frame of roughly two weeks, then, from the time you you filled stuff out and and got the uh, call to go down there, and then heard back, and then got offered a contract. About two weeks, huh? It was really quick. It made me wonder why I didn't try it sooner. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, every, everything happens at the right time, so. I'm sure it was just timing for my, for my sick. No, absolutely. That seems how things work out that way, you know. 
usually you're, uh, you know, you find out when you're ready or you think you're ready and then, you know, get a little bit of a life test, whatever you want to call it. And then things seem to work out. Um, what was kind of uh, your time down in NXT? Like, obviously, you know, people who've been watching NXT know it's really kind of blown up lately in the last couple of years. Uh, what was it like when you were down there? Because, yeah, you were like in there. So, so you got to remember, I went down there during the FCW days. So yeah. it was still on cable access, just in Florida. Uh, we did the coconut loops every weekend. Uh, which would just be going around all of Florida and Tampa. Okay. And this is before the Performance Center. Um, actually, I got called up to the road before the Performance Center even opened. I think it was like the maybe like two weeks before it opened is when we were actually already on the road. Oh, wow. So, but uh, yeah, we were there for the whole process of you know FCW closing, Doctor Tom leaving, Bill Devont coming in, uh, Hunter starting up a thing in full sale uh, called NXT. And then, uh, obviously, when I debuted, it, it was kind of like a, a hectic thing that it they kind of just threw me in there. Uh, didn't have I didn't have gear or anything made for <laughs> what they had planned for me. Um, basically, I went into my trunk and I I found a, like a old pair of green like farmer overalls. <laughs> Must have had that those in your time I, I, was sew, I was sewing them every week the first few weeks on NXT until I actually found a pair that fit me. <laughs> uh, but that was a very last minute thrown together thing. But things happen, you know, at times for reasons. Yep. So you just make the best of the opportunities you get. And uh, it was kind of cool, you know, because uh, we were part of the first NXT tag um, title tournament um, when they we lost that tournament in the finals to Oliver Gray and Neville, who were the first Pac, who were the mm-hmm. first uh, NXT take, you know, champs. And and we got those from them to become the second, you know, take champ holders. So it was, it was cool to see it kind of grow to what it is now. You know, this is before takeovers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, that was really in its infancy. Like you were saying, did they have uh, plans for, you know, for, for the whole uh, Wyatt family right off the bat, or did they just put you guys together and it kind of grew into that? Uh, it, it, I think it kind of just morphed into, into something. Cause like, even when we were filming the vignettes uh, to go on the main roster, they weren't even sure if they were going to have uh, me and Harper, you know, with Bray, if it was going to be the Wyatt family, you know. Okay. And then they brought us the day to film the vignettes, so then it became like, okay, maybe we'll be going on the road. That's when we found out. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> we, were, we were told by Bill DeMott that we wouldn't be going on the road with him. Okay. So I, I don't know if it was a last-minute decision or what, but, like, even the day of filming, I brought – I had three different masks. I never wore the sheet mask in uh, NXT. Okay, that was that was purely in WWE then. That's interesting. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to ask so, us. Whose so idea when was we, it? When we filmed those first vignettes, in, in, my, in my trunk, I actually had a, a sheet mask that I had kept from an old promo um, oh, nice. during our promo days. In classes where I tried a different bunch of different masks, like a big mask, a clear mask that was cut up <laughs> with, lip, with lipstick on it. Uh, oh yeah, that would have been perfect. <laughs> no, so, but I I I kept that mask and we ended up using it, and it just 
added this factor to the group. So when you were down in FCW, who, in, well, kind of NXT too there a little bit, who helped you out the most when you were down there as in like teaching and et cetera? Um, Dr. Dom had, had a lot to do with stuff. Uh, Norman, Smiley, uh, Ricky Steamboat helped out a lot. Those are just names that come to my head right away. Okay. That's cool. How much creative process did you have, uh, you know, with your character as kind of coming building up? Was like a 50-50 or they just kind of pitched a bunch of stuff at you or you pitched a bunch of stuff at them? How did that kind of work out for you? Uh, it was basically all just pitched to me. And then uh, then I started to try to morph it and pitch my own things. And then things just took a different turn, so. No, that's pretty well, cool, though. Was it a little while that they started to get, like gain trust in you that you started to figure out the character yourself so they just let you kind of have free reigns on it at all? Oh, uh, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know because uh, the character didn't really speak too much. So basically what you saw <laughs> is, uh, is I, like, I know what I was, you know, and yeah. I, I try to portray it as best I can with given, you know, well, the that's, opportunities I have. That's always our big thing is we always want big men to be big men on TV. We don't like the – if they're big and bruiser, we don't want them to be, like, clowny or like that. So, like, yeah, yeah, you didn't talk much, but it's because, look, you're a big badass. Why do you need to talk? You just need to go oh, kick ass, walk to the back. You're fine. Everybody talks. <laughs> <laughs> Talks too much. <laughs> it, gives, it gives me a headache. <laughs> you know, my sounds are got to hear Quinn talk and talk and talk oh, about how that, good man. he is, how oh. strong he is. <laughs> but when it comes time to it, he's just not that strong. Well, that good. Haven't you ever heard he's got a 54-inch chest? I think <laughs> it's like every time he comes into my house, he's got to say that. And I'm he's like, always gotta, he's always got to put over how heavy he can lift on incline. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he missed one of our podcasts because he tried deadlifting too much. Uh, see, I knew I knew the podcast was going to turn into the let's <laughs> fuck with Quinn show. You know, so, I gotta so, have... so what was if, I, if you don't mind me asking, what was too much for you? <laughs> well, this is when I was uh, I was going for 500 pound reps on the deadlift. <laughs> You're, you know, you were doing 500 pound reps. Well, I, I was trying to. It didn't work out too well. <laughs> he missed the uh, podcast, uh, the one that we had an interview with Jim Ross. That's when he threw his back out. <laughs> <laughs> ah, nobody's perfect. So it's, it's 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 you know, I know that uh, you're you're on the independence, or you used to be. Uh, He's retired. I, I didn't I didn't know that uh, you would miss. A, you know. A podcast taping because your back was out. I'm sure your voice was. You could lay down. You could be icing. I I would have had to drive though, Rowan. I mean, you gotta I understand. Mean, my back I would have been... went out a few times and I've gone out and wrestled. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, the gauntlet has been laid down. Uh, that's <laughs> that's why you're there and I'm here. We, we didn't have our sponsored Raptor yet, where he could lay on the bed of the truck of the whole way down. <laughs> that's true. We didn't have the Raptor yet. In, in fact, in fact, it's, it, this is bringing back some old memories, Quinn. Uh, Let him out. Remember, Let him uh, out. I think it was 2005. I had a herniated disc. I remember that. Lower back, and I was still wrestling on the independence. And I believe I wrestled you. 
Well, it's because I took care of you. It's like it's like wrestling a feather. You didn't have to. You didn't have to give him a three D. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> so just so just just remember my sciatica and me wrestling you as you uh, as as you sat out of that podcast. <laughs> well, if I if I remember right, I I laid down the seats in the Explorer so you could sleep the whole way to the show. So don't say I ever didn't take care of you. I gotta ask Rowan, uh, did he still have the uh, the moniker of the Minnesota Lawnmower back in your day with him? <laughs> that was I had just... not heard the Minnesota Lawnmower. <laughs> See, that was just some bullshit. I don't even remember who made that up. I think it was Benny McCoy. Yeah, it probably was. <laughs> it's funny though. Yeah. Well, the funny thing with with Rowan back in the day, and I and since we're since we're doing this right now, I'm just going <laughs> to jump right into it. The, the the funny thing with Rowan back in the day is, you know, imagine I want all of our uh, viewers and listeners to imagine you're on the Indies and you're seeing a bunch of guys who, you know, half of them probably don't look like they belong there. The other half look pretty good, and then you see this like six foot ten monster come out, you know up front right in front of you and you're seeing this guy and what do most of the bookers do ah you know what i think i'm gonna have him lose to a guy that's five two. <laughs> oh my yeah let's just say uh i don't know i i didn't agree with a lot of the booking uh for the big man here i mean uh you had more pull on those indies than i did <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't have opened up your mouth then. <laughs> I was. I think I was trying to put myself over. <laughs> Stop letting that five foot two guy beat him. Let me beat him. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, it'll be great. I'll come out and uh, take like seven finishers, and I'll kick out and beat him with a roll up. No, you'll take fantastic. 18 super, super kicks and 42 knee strikes to the head, and still kick out. Rowan, how good is your super kick? Um, so I've, I've, I've done one super kick <laughs> in my career and it was on a, a European tour and, uh, I threw the super kick after I tore my groin. <laughs> that doesn't sound good at all, but I, I, I threw it after I tore it. So, uh, it wasn't hot. the smartest, it wasn't the smartest in the highest of kicks. <laughs> So maybe a potato it, got thrown did, out. But it did connect. <laughs> nice. Did See, you I get the one, the... two, three on it? No, the guy fell off the rink. <laughs> <laughs> Which gave me time to crawl over and take my partner because my groin was pulled. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of injuries, uh, you just kind of reminded me that I can't think of too many guys that I've heard of. Um, now, this isn't just me putting you over, but, dude, you are one – tough bastard and i've never known anybody to work through injuries the way you have i mean except for the time we were running sprints behind the gym and you blew your hammy out <laughs> but other than that i've never known a guy to work through injuries more than than you do whether it's torn biceps and groins and knee injuries and everything else um i guess kind of run down for the folks uh, some of the injuries you've had uh, besides the hernia in the back from carrying you in the mat. <laughs> well, of course, that's a given. <laughs> As Rowan was deadlifting 600 pounds, you <laughs> pussy. No, I've, uh, I've, I've uh, torn my ACL, uh, torn my right uh, distal bicep tendon, uh, had a 
tear of my rotator cuff and uh i've had a tear of my distal left bicep tendon so I'm kind of bionic i guess <laughs> no kidding but yet you still power through it seems every time well that one where you tore the bicep did you, you finish the match right Oh yeah, both 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 times. Actually, when I when I oh, tore uh, when I when I tore my right bicep, I finished that match, and then uh, when I tore my left bicep, I finished that match, and then I wrestled another match the next next night. So do you have to like tape anything up or? What's that? Well, because I'm like I'm imagining like you tear your bicep, doesn't it usually like ball up by your shoulder or whatever? Like, did you have to tape anything up or what did you do? Oh yeah, for that? it balled up quite a bit. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It just made you look like you had like 24 inch arms, right? Pretty much. It's really really awkward looking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So then you obviously you go from FCW, a little bit of NXT, and everyone from there. Should know if they're WWE fans. Oh, what thank happens God we next. transitioned to Bear from burying me. <laughs> oh, God. No, so right before WWE, did you have one more match with Quinn that you buried him? Or <laughs> go on, Dave. No, we were just kind of wondering. Now you you get up to the main roster, like, and you kind of said they were kind of wish washy on you guys. And how did that finally come to? And then you know, how did they say? For, you know, did they lay out a plan for you guys from there for the trio? What is this for? Sorry. Oh no! When right when you got up to the main roster. Do they have a plan for us? Yeah, because it seemed like they, they brought you on, and I was just kind of curious if they had, like, a plan for you guys going from there, or was it just... Well, because you had I mean, mentioned about Bray. I mean, was I mean they, they, had the, they had the plan with Bray, and then they had the plan, uh, you know, we, we basically, his, his feud with Kane, his feud with, with Cena, you know, we were all there with that, and then kind of we did the... Uh, the sh- us versus the shield for a little bit. So they had they had plans creatively for a little bit. Then they broke us up and had no plans for me or Luke. Yeah, because I, I remember them bringing you back as uh, that like Survivor Series team where you were like a good guy and it just seemed like nobody was really buying into it. I bought into it. Well, yeah, I, I know you <laughs> did, obviously. But like the fans, they were like, oh, they were kind of like confused about it the whole time. Uh, when I came out and I was announced for it, they were starting to buy it. And then uh, after my my hard-hitting uh, stairs match, <laughs> <laughs> I, my first big feud as a babyface, uh, it didn't go quite the way I wanted it to. And that was kind of the end of my babyface run. Okay, well then... Um... I had a question about this then, too. What was, like, your experience that you had at WrestleMania with The Rock? Uh, ah, I was just asking about this the other night. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, well, because, yeah, we know it was, it was what it was, but just, like, to be in the ring with The Rock, like, how, what was that for you? Like, how? I mean, you know, I looked down at him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> he looked up at me. We had a moment. <laughs> I think the bell rang, but I couldn't hear because there was over 100,000 people there. I was just going to say. had more experience that night and was able to hit me with his finish. <laughs> I, was a little, I was a little distracted. 
I, that's <laughs> I totally it. understandable. I knew it. First, first, I didn't think he was so small. <laughs> <laughs> Second, there was a lot of people. I couldn't hear the bell ring. Well, you know, they put him next to Kevin Hart all the time just to make him look big, I think. <laughs> so that's my answer, and that's what I'm sticking to. a boy. <laughs> well, you know what? Enough with the wrestling. We have some fun questions coming up. Uh, so the question that I always ask Quinn this, and how for a, a big guy like you, how does the schedule, like your road schedule go? Like how do you get your sleep? Do you get enough sleep? Like how is your food regimen, you know, the gym time? How does that all work out for you? Uh, usually, uh, so we'll land, we'll, you know, like early afternoon, uh, maybe like anywhere from 11 to one o'clock in the afternoon, the, the day of a Saturday, you know, live event. And so we'll, we'll land, we'll go to the gym real quick, might get a bite to eat. Um, there's a pre meal uh, plan thing I like to use called trifecta, uh, that you can get online. Uh, and they prepackage your food. So they make it really easy. You can go to a gas station, just, you know, use a microwave, just carry around a cooler with like six or seven meals. It takes care of your first couple days, you know, you don't carry and, around uh, just like a dozen eggs and eat those raw <laughs> <laughs> or have a triple pound burger with lettuce leaves for buns. <laughs> I mean, if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I just heard that actually, was a meal actually, at Cassidy. I'm at, extent, I'm at an extended stay right now, and I actually bought two dozen eggs um, with the purpose. You know, like, I wanted to cook my food <laughs> while I'm on the road. And uh, I checked into the hotel, and uh, lo and behold, they did not have a spatula, and they did not have a frying pan. They said that they're all out. Oh, oh my. <laughs> So now I'm stuck with two dozen eggs and uh, some 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 ground turkey that I'm going to have to try to cook somehow. Huck those eggs out the window at cars passing by. <laughs> oh no, I've seen this man eat a dozen eggs raw out of a coffee cup. Oh, it was tremendous. It, t- it tastes like milk. <laughs> I said, Rowan, I'm like, you know, they got protein bars and beef jerky there too. <laughs> Well, because that was always my yeah. wonder with a guy your size, with making sure you get the proper amount of food. No, it's 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 it. There's plenty of Waffle Houses around the country. <laughs> Waffle Houses. They got they got they got chicken and eggs. <laughs> and that's all you need. Yeah. Protein, chicken, brother. Chicken eggs. Chicken, what they call eggs, chicken? Steamed, some steamed hash browns. It's it's a it's a man's man's uh, breakfast. Well, and I suppose with all the meal services and things like that, it really never has been uh, easier to make sure you get in all your, you know, all your food yeah, and everything. But usually, yeah, we'll do we'll we'll do that. We'll uh, always find a place to eat, go work out at whatever gyms in, in the town that you're in, uh, and then you usually head to the arena a couple hours before the bell time, an hour and a half before bell time. <laughs> okay. Quinn is usually five minutes before bell time. <laughs> and then after the show we'll we'll probably drive anywhere from three to five hours and is that the same when you guys will do like you know like the live shows like your smackdowns and raws are you leaving directly after the show driving um, for those shows those shows have catering so you, you, i mean i know you know that yeah right, yeah they have that. But, but i mean for like the driving 
Do you guys ever stay over the night if you're not? Maybe, well, I suppose you would maybe if you weren't booked the next day or whatever. Do, do we what? Do you ever, uh, you know, like if, if Raw gets done or SmackDown gets done and it's, you know, 10 o'clock or so, do you ever leave the next morning to, to catch a flight or is it always like go, go, go as, as soon as you can? I usually like to get to the town. So I go, go, go. Okay. Uh, like uh, it was a, I wasn't on Raw this week. We didn't have a live event. So uh, after the show on Sunday, I instead of having a normal uh, five-hour drive, it was an eight-hour drive. They offered to fly you, but I did not want to have two flights and small planes because it's a small airport. Yeah. I didn't want to have two small, you know, flights with a long layover. Yeah, I mean, you probably. I'd rather drive. I'd rather drive eight hours. Yeah, because well, and you probably get there quicker anyways. Between you know the waiting, the layover, the you know everything else, all the nonsense. Yeah. Uh, plus, what else am I gonna do in the town? Like, I'm gonna work out and eat. That's about it. Exactly. Do that anywhere. There's no concerts going on, so it's not like I could go out and enjoy myself. Well, speaking of uh, concerts, you uh, you bring up our next topic on the Board of Truth. This man knows how to make a transition, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> he had to get hit by 13 people in our production staff to be able to make this transition, but he did it nonetheless, folks. <laughs> So you, you, you mentioned bands and, and things like that. Uh, you know, what do you like to do outside of wrestling, whether that be, you know, bands, movies, uh, you know, whatever it might be? What do I like to do? Yeah, in terms of your, your type of uh, music. Where would I find uh, Rowan on a Saturday night in a big city if he didn't have to uh, wrestle? I don't know, man. Where would you find me? I'm probably thinking. I'm uh, thinking the clubs, just you know, <laughs> dancing away, you know, showing them the moves, doing a little little disco inferno mixed with uh, <laughs> mixed with Das Wonder you know, Kid. You know, He's if, doing if, the if Alex I, right. If, if I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm not out with the kids, and uh, it's just me and the fiance, we'll we'll go out, you know, nice restaurant, uh, bar, have some shots, go see a good show. We like we like anything metal, rock. Actually, I did. We ended. Up, we, we. I'm trying to think what the concert was we went to. We went to a Cindy Lauper Rod Stewart show. Oh, nice. <laughs> and C- Cindy Lauper, she's pretty good live, but uh, Rod Stewart's hilarious. Really? <laughs> I would have never guessed yeah, that. Yeah, I wouldn't actually. expect that. So Rod Stewart has all these young, you know, women that go on stage, like with their instruments, and he's like, "Please put your hands together for these." <laughs> Beautifully attractive women behind me that can kind of play instruments. <laughs> I was just gonna say that's a spot. I remember. I remember looking here. at my fiance like, did he just say something to that effect? That <laughs> very offensive, but everybody's cheering. Rod can do no wrong. <laughs> In Rod, we trust. Yeah, we left a little early from that. <laughs> we had to hit the bar. So, what's your like go-to band that you like to listen to then? Uh, my go-to. Yeah, like um, li- you're in the car. You need. You want to get something? Lately, I've been listening to a lot of Amon and Marth, uh, and Tear. Oh, nice! And uh, I, you I got do to recommend do... a good Alestorm, not Hailstorm. Alestorm. Alestorm. Like the beverage. Well, I'm drinking an ale right now. That's your fourth one, fifth one. You've had enough. Quinn, I, I think you would like them. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, uh, I know you listen to some of that that hardcore yelling metal stuff, and I always feel kind of awkward when it's on. <laughs> he was just telling us telling us that they before have, you got they, on. They have, they, they have a big hit out called "Fucked with the Anchor." <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic! I, I think maybe you should play that as an outro. I think uh, people would appreciate it. I'm thinking. That, well, I'm thinking that that, that could be uh, maybe use that for children's. Uh, Entrance music at like baseball games and basketball games. You could probably use that. Oh, yeah. and the next kid up to bat <laughs> comes out to that. Oh, for sure. Well, you got to do a little bit of work with uh, with one of your bands here recently, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did a music video uh, set of three of them. Uh, in L.A., we did a shoot uh, for the band The Montemarth. Uh It was uh, – I, I played uh, Thor and uh, – Josh Barnett, he played uh, a berserker who uh, had Thor's hammer and uh, killed hell. (laughs) (laughs) So what's the experience working on a music video versus, you know, being at a wrestling show? Uh, A lot of sitting and waiting. Um, I guess it's pretty much the same as wrestling. (laughs) It basically is a hurry to wait. Yeah. He, yeah, hurry hurry to wait. Shoot your scene, wait, shoot your scene, wait. Uh pretty much pretty much the way it is. Nice. <laughs> uh nothing changes. It's all the same. So with your workout with Seamus, we actually watched that. Did you uh plan did. Per- we did actually. I was Qu- impressed. Quinn actually stole some moves from you. <laughs> Didn't help the injury though. <laughs> I tried. That, that I passed on maybe the rolling maybe, machine. Maybe I should have put a video of me deadlifting. <laughs> Shut up! It could have been informative. <laughs> That's actually probably, what I was watching. I was probably hoping to be the deadlift. Proper technique. Don't, don't want to hurt his pride. Though. No, <laughs> that's no. what he does. That's what he does. Hey, how's your incline bench coming these days, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next it, time you're in town, you guys are doing a lift off. Well, it may what? have taken him tearing both his rotator cuffs for me to win. <laughs> But damn it, I mean, I'm I gonna mean, win. I mean, I've, 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 I've torn three of the four muscles in my arm. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm, but, but I'm sure I could still, you know, lift probably more than he can. <laughs> That's why I said next time you're in the Fox Valleys, you come to the Bad Medicine Studios gym to lift and have a lift off. <laughs> yeah, Quinn, Quinn will take it all serious. He'll be like training for a month, trying to. Like, I will. I'm gonna have one of those levels up. And I'll just come in. I'll probably be sick. My back probably will be out, but I'll still come in and do it. <laughs> hey, Rowan, did he tell you about the marathon he did that he did not train for? Uh, I don't think I mentioned that to him. No, you got to tell him. Tell him the story quick. That was the one thing he didn't brag about. That's right. I didn't brag. So uh, a <laughs> couple years back, boy, probably what eight years ago? Maybe Good eight years. Maybe nine years ago. Uh, I was talking a bunch of shit about uh, marathon running and how it's easy <laughs> and how pretty much, you, you know, if you're in any kind of shape, you can run a marathon. You don't even really have to train much for it. So then I found myself uh, signed up to do a half marathon in Milwaukee. And uh, let's see, I think I, I maybe ran 10 miles before I did it and uh, went down there and just crushed it. I finished in everything. 
Tell them the aftermath, though. It'd be, tell, them, tell them the shoot version, not the gimmick version. Okay, well, the, the, the shoot version is... <laughs> Everybody fast-forward so yeah. you don't hear this part. You're a the, Quinn fan. The, the shoot version is my knees were about the size of basketballs <laughs> when I was done, and I thought I could have ate an entire cow. <laughs> so you, did, you didn't finish. Oh, no, I did finish. Yeah, I did the full, uh, the full half marathon. It and, was 24 uh, hours after the marathon where he couldn't feel oh, his wow. knees. Ah. Yeah, it was, it was a little rough. I, I, I don't understand running. I don't, you know, I don't you get know, it. You know, you know who did a marathon? Uh, Mitch Paradise. What does he weigh, like 220 now? Uh, for the folks who don't know, Mitch Paradise is a legendary Minnesota independent wrestler. Uh, all six foot six, two seventy five, jacked of him. <laughs> no, he's still he's still the same. The same. Really? Oh. He, he never he never does change. But he's running marathons. That wow. guy's had an amazing physique for like twenty years. It like hasn't changed. <laughs> and a hell of a nice guy, I will add in as well. And I somebody always, I always I thought he was older than you, but. You know, judging judging from your physique. <laughs> oh Jesus! Well, since you've been ripping on so much on Quinn, uh, what are some oh, of your favorite? Don't pranks? tell me. Don't tell me you guys feel bad for him. Oh no 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 no, I, no, 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 no! We're just we're just trying to get into the next question, but you can still go back to ripping feel on him as free much as you to, want to. Feel free to ignore every question we got if you just want to bury Quinn. Oh yeah, I mean. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Hey, 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 Diamond Dave and I both have a shovel to hand you, as you know. So, but uh, we're going to ask you about pranks. Any, what are the greatest pranks you've seen, been a part of? Yeah. I'm assuming you guys got to kill sometime by amusing each other. So, usually pranks are usually the best you way to go. Usually go to the other wrestling and be like, hey, let me tell you about this guy named Quinn. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so, actually, uh, no. I've I've never been I've never been pranked or pranked anybody else. No way, for real. What? For real. Ah, oh. Smart guy. Yeah, see, <laughs> smart how'd, guy. How'd that work out for you two guys? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Fucking white milk. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Fucking vanilla. All right, there has to be at least because we do a segment on here, Rowan. It's called pet peeves. At least so. Do you have any pet peeves of, you know, in the ring, it could be the gym, it could be the airport, grocery store, whatever. You know, maybe indie guys who just can't let it go. <laughs> uh, People so, who can't so fucking the, drive. The gym, the gym. Let me get started on the gym. <laughs> yes. All right, this is going to be good. Settle Perfect. in, folks. All right, pet peeves at the gym. And this just goes from today. <laughs> Why in the hell... Do people find the need to set up camp at like a bench press? So when you say yes. camp, do one, do, yes. do, do, do one rep of like barely any weight and sit there on their phone for like five minutes. And then <laughs> they don't do another rep bench, but they have a, cur- a curling, uh, you know, like easy bar next to them too. And they do like five reps of that. And then they sit down again on the bench. And then they grab a different thing and they do it there. Like they're doing a circuit training, but they're not benching. <laughs> they're just using the bench as an accessory. So, then, so then I have to be the guy that has to do a bench day. And there's five benches being used where maybe there's two people actually benching and the other three people are just sitting on doing circuit training and not using the bench. 
So then I have to take and make my own bench at a squat rack, which I despise because then I become that guy. (laughs) The bench and the squat rack. So I'm hurrying through, blasting through my workout (laughs) because I don't want to be the guy that I have the biggest pet peeves about. And then another thing is, when you're sitting at a machine and you're in between your sets and you're not doing like supersets or anything, and I'm hovering over you and say, Hey, can I please get in? Don't say, Oh, I got six more sets. <laughs> say, yes, sir. I'll let you in. If somebody's standing next to me, I always say, do you want to get in with me? Do you want to get in? Yeah. I, I thought that was just uh, a gym etiquette. Pisses me off more than yes. somebody saying, no, I got six sets left to go. You can wait. <laughs> I'm I'm always the one that like I'll see them working out and I ask them but I never get in with them. I just I don't like getting in with them because like I might need to change something that they're doing. <laughs> I just can't another imagine thing, another thing that pisses me off. <laughs> preach, let preach. It, let it out. If you're if you're if you're in the sauna, <laughs> I understand some people they 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 go in the sauna they're naked. I get it. <laughs> But put a damn towel <laughs> underneath your ass. It's so hot in there, it sanitizes itself, goddammit. Come on. Because I don't really feel like, you know, sitting in the same place somebody else's uh, beans have been. You know that's... Gwen, that's... I'm talking to you. Hey. That's... I no, fucking that's... knew it. That's purely fucking speculation on your part. <laughs> We'd ask for video proof, but why? why yeah, that... I never understood the whole naked in the sauna thing. It's usually for old guys. Uh, the older they think uh, they can just get away with it. I'm old. Who cares? That now was... I'm going to go on to restaurants. Oh, yes. Beautiful. Let it, let it rip. Hey, you're on the couch. Go ahead. So I get people are having a bad day. I have bad days as well. I have fans that come up to me some days. I do not want to say hi to them. <laughs> I'll give them the sad look when they want a picture with me. (laughs) Hey, the last picture I took with you, you gave me the sad look. (laughs) I saw it. Yeah, I could see the death in your eyes. If if you ever take a picture with me and I'm not smiling and I look like death, it's because I'm giving you the sad face. (laughs) I'm having a bad day, but hey, what the hell, let's take a picture. So when I'm at a restaurant and I'm very hungry and I want to eat, and I have uh, a server who's very upset and doesn't want to be serving. <laughs> <laughs> I always try to smile and look at them and say, hello, how are you? <laughs> I just get very upset when they don't want to be at work and I just want to order my food. And they just sit on their phone, and it takes them like five minutes to come over to you to ask what you want to eat. And then as soon as they get there, you're like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to drink. I'll, just, I'll do it all at once. Mm-hmm. And then you get a sigh. <sighs> <laughs> Which you think would make their job easier. Yeah. It's even, it's even worse when it's not a sit-down restaurant and when it's a fast food place. And they're even worse to you when you, when you say, uh hey, wait, there's cheese on this hamburger. <laughs> no, I, 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 ordered, I didn't order it with cheese. 
<laughs> really, they do that to you when they're like looking up at the ceiling at you. They're doing that. They, they don't even look at you in the eye when you take their money. <laughs> <laughs> just sleepwalking you're through at, life. You're at a, a drive-through, and they just put their hand out and they say five thirty-six, and then you put the five thirty-six in their hands, and they don't even look at you. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yeah. Hey, what's your thoughts on people chewing really loud with their mouth wide open? Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I'm, fi- I'm, I'm fine with I'm fine with that. Yay! Yes, we yes. got a winner. I'm, I must be the only one in the world that hates that. Well, and since we're talking about the the chewing, uh, Dave, <laughs> should we talk about your other? Dave has to ask every guest that we've had on the podcast here, what their thought is on the overuse of super kicks and knee strikes in the wrestling business. I know we were kind of going off on pet peeves there, but this is one we always well, this could have be a a need to bring up. Well, yeah. I don't know what your thoughts are on well, it. Well, he's but thrown I, it's one. Just, it's, <laughs> with a torn groin, it's all right? Just, it's just so overused. It, I don't know. I don't want to get on a tangent. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we weren't going to talk anymore wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, hey, Quinn. You know, hey, pet, hey, you know, who, who botched it? When Your somebody, buddy Quinn. When somebody says something, but then they go back around and they, they don't mean it. Uh, <laughs> isn't that the worst? Hey, we're not going to talk wrestling no more. Hey, I got a question about super kicks. <laughs> Good old Mason Quinn. Oh, those guys are the worst, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, oh, me? The shits. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Was that a Quinn question? That was a Quinn that question. Was, that was full on Quinn. Yeah, but you ask it every time, Dave. <laughs> no, I said we were getting away from it. Full circle, Quinn. Uh, <laughs> it's not my day today. I'm telling you. Disappoint, you disappointed yet again. I am. I'm just. I'm handing the money over and not even looking today. Just phoning this one in, I guess. I get. You know, one thing we were kind of circle back to is like with the the T-shirts that you wear now. How did that come about? Uh, they just put me with Brian, and they asked me if I like if I had any flannel shirts because I guess they wanted me to dress like them. <laughs> Seattle grunge, and uh, I always like had like the masks that were kind of like I had those all made like they were like kind of like if I was going to be in the background, it would like be something to pop out, show some personality through like different masks that I had that I had made. So I was like, oh, what well, could show some personality? Oh, what about bands that I really like? So, oh, yeah. that's cool. Nice. I think the first the first shirt shirt I wore wasn't even a band shirt. It was a Tom Savini shirt. Hmm. My does, my uh, co-hosts are looking. When's the Mason Quinn shirt gonna be worn? <laughs> <laughs> that guy never had one made. You know another pet peeve of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Ego maniacs. Oh. That's directed at you, Quinn. Whoa, come on! I've had to listen to that jackass for years, on and on. It's only been what? It, what is it? Twenty nineteen. So it's only been like what? Sixteen years you've had to deal with me. Just always putting yourself over, <laughs> giving him slaps on the back. Oh, he was Barry Horowitz before Barry Horowitz was Barry Horowitz. <laughs> You know, if you don't put yourself over, nobody else will, I guess. Rowan, if you could see the look on this man's face right now, he's just speechless almost. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I had a really good dig for you two guys, too, and I totally forgot what it was. I got thrown off my game here. Was it the Eddie Murphy line from earlier? (laughs) (laughs) Quinn, is your back okay? (laughs) The back's 100%. You're really really blowing this interview. (laughs) Hey, the back's 100% right now. Uh, Well, I think we could let you get back to your night, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say thank you to our guests. We should ask them where people can find them for social media. You're pointing at me to wrap it up like I always do. (laughs) You're like, Quinn, just end it. No, you got to help our guests out. His fans want to know where he can be found. I mean, he's barely known right now until he gets on the Bad Medicine (laughs) podcast, then everybody will know him. All right. Hey, Rowan, for all our listeners, where can they find you at? How was that? Cheesy enough? They can they can find me on the USA Network on Friday night. Yes, I'm <laughs> live. So you're uh, so there's no social media out there for them to follow you on. I know that's here kind we of... go again with the social media crap. If you if you got Instagram, it's at, at Eric Redbeard <laughs> because I'm Eric or I was on WWE television and I have a red beard. What happened to the Eric? Uh, I believe a Viking has it. (laughs) (laughs) Phenomenal. (laughs) Straight into the point. Okay, so that was Instagram. Eric Rowan. Nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. So. I would like to say a big thank you to our very special guest for taking the time out. I have to thank you also, sir, for giving me uh, tickets along with Mr. Mason Quinn over here for my first bachelor party at SmackDown in Green Bay. That was a blast, so thank you very much, sir. We appreciate that. The tickets were for you. I don't know why Quinn decided to go with. (laughs) Well, Dave only had eight ounces of beer, while Quinn and I each had two gallons of beer. Did did Quinn tell you about the purple ropes chant he was getting heat for by the announcer? Are are you guys uh, from? uh, You guys are from Appleton, Wisconsin. Yes, sir. (laughs) So, am I to believe that uh, the three of you are going to be attending Dolph Ziggler's comedy show in Appleton, one of the two nights in the end of July? It's a very strong possibility of that, sir. Yes, sir. With special guest Hornswoggle. (laughs) Oh, you mean the man that told me that Mason Quinn cried after he got hit by a ladder? At the raw that was owned by Trump, <laughs> except he had to retract it though. That 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 does sound like a guy I know. <laughs> big big crier, big big crier. It's an emotional guy. That not, not only a Canadian whis- whiskey connoisseur, but, oh, a, but a big crier. Jim Jim Beam whiskey, <laughs> sir. I'm going to get you to turn the page. I cried I so much I, over I, one stitch. This, this is a true story. I, I had a, an old uh, neighbor um, in an old uh, duplex I used to live at. And uh, the neighbor <laughs> took quite a liking to uh, to our good friend Quinn there. He did. It was kind of scary. <laughs> he did. I'm not going to oh, lie. He. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to jump oh, in. So there. I'll let him tell that story off the air. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I believe I believe that night he made a friend for life. <laughs> well, I've never met anybody who 
the first night you meet him starts talking to you and says hi and then says uh hey do you guys want to see my guns and then brings down like six pistols and just throws them in your lap i think this is the only guy i ever 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 knew that uh thought he was really muscular (laughs) which one quinn or the other guy no, he thought Quinn was very much. <laughs> didn't he? Have, didn't didn't you flex for him? <laughs> well, I figured well, if he's gonna be there, I might as well give him the show. How oh else my. would he have gotten six guns thrown in his lap? Oh wow! I didn't wrestle him in your front yard, though. That was somebody else. <laughs> what happened to this? This oh, is just this gold. Is, this is awesome. This is gold. Oh. Never heard much from that guy, though, did you? He moved. Yep. <laughs> he didn't last long there, I don't think. I think he moved to Appleton. Oh, uh, Jesus. Oh, he, I know where he lives. He lives next to the Quinn estate. He's speechless. He is just speechless. Because <laughs> he, he looked at me like I finally figured out the Pythagorean theorem or something, you know. Uh, no, he just got back from getting a restraining order. Yeah. That's, that's probably why Quinn's speechless. I, I think I am. Well, you know, you meet the nicest people in, uh, in Hudson, I'll tell you. <laughs> Quinn thought it was weird. He always wanted to give him a hug when he said hi. Only met him the like one to time. I thank the both of you for giving me this opportunity to uh, basically Barry Quinn. on Quinn. <laughs> we thank well, you. Hey, we Anytime you, you want to come back, you are more than welcome. I opportunities to do it. Actually, I do it every time I see him. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I gotta say, you're really letting it rip this time, though, buddy. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I'm laying it on thick hey, for you, buddy. Well, you know what? You've been great. This was awesome for us, and you yeah, know, we appreciate your time and the burial of Quinn. And you know, just the gratitude you've shown us, as well as I, you know, I guess Quinn. You know, we've greatly appreciated it. And, and Quinn, Quinn, yes, sir. I owe, I, I owe you a beer. I feel bad that your back's up. No, it's it's totally fine now. I'm I'm ready to rock. Well, you, you I'll put on those. I'll put one of those constriction bands on my neck, and I'll show you how to party. <laughs> you got to get him a beer so he can ice from the inside. You're you're, uh, you're, you're good to go. So Let's give him his go. time back so he can go Thanks eat. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, thank you, Mr. Eric Rowan. You can find him, like he says, on the WWE Network on the USA Network. Tune in, watch him kick some ass, doing wrestling the way it should be done. Ladies and gentlemen, for myself, Mason Quinn, Diamond Dave Damone, The Answer Andrew, this is Bad Medicine saying good night. Hey, what's up? It's the ODB, and you're listening to the Bad Medicine Podcast. Boom!